What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Thank you for listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 107.1. You can catch our podcast on Podcast One or wherever you get your podcasts or, of course, on My Talk 107.1. This morning I have hosts Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson with us. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. All right, so we got to get through the important stuff first. Please, Phil, share your, share your MLS number. My NMLS number, 238103, branch 9288590, and company NMLS 150953. But more importantly, who are you working with? Yeah. I work for Amic Home Loans, the best mortgage company out there, the elite team. There in you Woodbury. go. Yeah, and I'm with Remax Results. Exactly the same thing. We love Remax Results. We love what we do. We do. Yes. <laughs> and um, so tell us about, we were just talking before we kicked everything off that Amec has a really amazing program. And you and I have had a client that has used this program and it helped them to win the deal. Yep. And I just had another deal, got one because of the program. It's called the Amic Express program, where most lenders, they'll they'll give you a pre-approval. We actually go to the next step. We get you totally approved up front by underwriting. And then we give, it is a $10,000 guarantee that basically says, if we don't close the deal with the sellers and the buyers, we're going to give the sellers $5,000 and we're going to pay up to $5,000 the buyer's first mortgage payment. Yeah. Who doesn't so, love those odds? Who, who, who and does I just that? got back from Las Vegas from our, our Remax National Convention, and we should have probably tried to get some odds on that. Yeah, well, yeah it's, you know? it's a great program. Yeah, no, in all, all seriousness, we, we actually, Phil and I just have a, a buyer client that uh, took advantage of getting that, that approval. And I'm going to tell you, when we presented our offer to the listing agent, it was like, yes. We like what we see. We know Amec. We know Remax results in the Red Hot Real Estate Group. And yes, we're going to take your offer. And it was in multiples. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't even about all, all about price. It was about a lot of different things. And so that was exciting to see. So um, take advantage of that. If you haven't gotten pre-approved, if you're thinking about buying and jumping into this market, give us a call today because we've got an exciting uh, show planned for everybody. We're going to be talking about the questions that you should know about a homeowners association. What's the difference between a condo and a townhouse and how do you get those things financed? Mm. So we definitely want to have all kinds of uh, activity with our listeners and Mm -hmm. call into the show. Mm -hmm. And how do they reach us? 651-641-1071. Now I'm sitting in for Miss Shannon. My name is Sani and I am property for dummies person. (laughs) So anybody, (laughs) anybody who's at my level of property knowledge. I think Phil and I'm hoping Phil and Mimi are going to be patient with me this morning. We, <laughs> we brought our we brought our book in. Okay, okay real estate 101 and mortgage okay. 101. So awesome. we, we've got you covered. Okay, Sonny. cool. All right. Okay, so Phil, we were talking about the difference between a condo and a townhouse. Let's start with that. Okay. All right. People will look at a townhouse and they'll go, "It's a townhouse." Mm-hmm. It not necessarily is a townhouse, even if the real estate agent tells you it's a townhouse. It all has to do with what's called the legal description 
okay. of the property. And you won't know what the legal description is unless you go to the county website and actually research the property. So mm-hmm. what's the difference between the two? The difference between the two is a town home will have a legal description that is a lot and block number. Okay. okay? Where it is a condo will have what's called a CIC, okay, which is the words for a CIC is a common interest community, and then it will have a number. So it might be five, six, seven, eight, nine. Whereas a townhome will go lot 42, block 15. Okay. Now, people might go, so what's the difference? It's a major difference because your financing for a townhome and condo can be different. For instance, FHA. If the townhome or the association is not approved, you cannot do FHA financing. So there's there's major differences between the two, and there's also rate differences between the two. So it's really, really important when it comes to pricing. Are those differences, like structurally speaking, are there differences in the two? You I know, would, no. So, Go ahead. Well, here's the thing. Um, you're out shopping with you and I, Sonny. We're okay. going looking. Okay. And you said, I think I want a townhouse. And typically what people in- envision in their mind is the two-story, you walk in and you go up, that type of townhouse mm-hmm. layout. Some communities throughout the cities, um, they are actually, they'll be listed as a townhouse. But when you look at their legal description, it's a CIC, like Phil was talking about. Mm-hmm. That means that it the developer, when they built it, that's how they that's how they de- they deemed that to be. So it's not technically a townhouse; it's a condo. Okay. And most people think of a condo as you know in a building yeah. with other units. Yeah. Um, that's not that's not always the case. Don't. So you can have a, a what looks like a townhouse and it be a true condo. Okay. And so what happens is people will look at those and they'll be approved for FHA financing, and that's what they need, right, Phil? Mm-hmm. And they'll be surprised because they won't know. And you don't know to check that unless you know to check that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that can come and be a little bit of a, a problem. At, mm-hmm. You know, when you say, oh, yeah, this is the one I want to write on this property right here. This is what I want. And then we call Phil to get the pre-approval. And Phil says, that's a condo. And that's not going to work for FHA financing. And mm-hmm. so what a lot of buyers are surprised about is that we have to check, both Phil and I both check with the FHA site to see if a building or a development is approved for FHA financing. Now, there's more to it than that, even though, Mimi, we end up sending what's what's required is we have to send a questionnaire, okay, to the condo association, okay? And you might hear the words what's called a PUD, which is a planned unit development. Okay. And believe it or not, you can have an association fee even in a neighborhood, okay? Mm-hmm. You've got the mar the the monuments, the grass, uh, the the lawn care, the water. So, just because we talk about an association fee doesn't necessarily mean we're talking about a townhome or a condo. It could actually be a development. Mm. Okay, but what we were what we were actually talking about is, you know, you've got an association fee, but then sometimes, all right. You have to ask yourself the questions when when this uh, questionnaire comes back is there's 50 percent investment owners of the property. Now you've got a problem because in mortgage financing, they won't allow for any more than 25 percent of the owners Mm. being investors. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. then you got the other thing. Is there any pending lawsuits 
against the association. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely agree with you, Phil. But the first step is to go to the FHA.gov site mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, is that building or that development, is that going to be approved for FHA financing? And a lot of times what we do when we look that up, we'll see that it's pending or that it's gone away altogether, mm-hmm. expired. And so uh, is there such a thing any longer as uh, FHA spot approval? Yes, there is. Okay, Okay. so explain how that works. An FHA spot approval is basically you got to get a bunch of information from the association. Sometimes the associations have the information that's going to be necessary. It's almost like them providing a profit and loss statement. And they have to basically provide a bunch of documentation. And then we have to then submit that information to FHA. And then we have to wait for a spot approval. It's not something that happens overnight. And how long does it typically take, would you say, to get it approved? I, I, would, I would say it could be anywhere between a month to three months okay. in length. It really comes down to the association. And sometimes these associations, they don't have their paperwork, the in, their right. paperwork in order. And because it costs money to become FHA approved for an association, right. sometimes they think it's better off just we're not going to open this up for FHA. And so the the thing to know is even if it's a possibility to get your building or the development approved for FHA, it's probably not going to work in your timeline because if you found a property in this market, there's not any time to wait. Now what it will do for you hopefully is if you if you've defined this is where I want to live. I've, I love this building. This is where I, I want to call home. It may give you some time to, you know, work with your lender to try and help get that building. But it could be a long shot, too, and you could be completely wasting a lot of valuable time in this mm-hmm. market. So keep that in mind. I would rather give you another route. If your lender is telling you you have to go FHA, I would, I would encourage you to call me and see if I can convert that loan into what's called a conventional home loan. And with a conventional home loan, you can do 3% down versus FHA, which is 3.5% down. And if you're a conventional home loan buyer, it's a lot easier to buy a townhome or a condo because then you don't have that FHA requirement. Exactly. And a lot of times, too, you know, people will be, they'll say, you know, I only want to look at FHA properties. Well, we can screen for that in the MLS. Uh, We can set uh, home buyers, home shoppers up to only see properties and they'll call and they'll say, but I saw XYZ on the big portals online. Well, what we're going to be sending you and what we can encourage all of our listeners, if you want to be set up on a, on a real MLS home search, all you have to do is give us a call 651-578-2218 and we can set you up or email Mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com. So back to the percentages of of uh, owner occupied versus a lot of times people will say to me, I want to have I want to buy in a building that will allow me to rent it out as a backup precaution. Mm-hmm. But there's limitations to that and there's benefits and and there's also things that are not positive about living in a building. If if you are looking in some in a building that's got a lot of rentals that actually drives the property values down wouldn't you agree well yes because in a down housing market those that lose their homes the quickest are your are your investors and why would you say that is i don't know i've just seen it over over the the times that we've seen a housing market correction 
uh, your foreclosure rates go up on the investor side and the second home side before it actually starts affecting it is primary residences. Right. And I can only think that's probably has something to do with discretionary income as well. Well, we all know that um, you don't take the same care of a place when you're renting that you do when you mm-hmm. take when you own it, when it's yours. And you've, you're the one that's got to paint it. And you're the one that's got to replace the carpet and all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can be part of that. But I've also seen home buyers want to buy into a building. And I say, I'm sorry, but this is an all-cash building. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Why can't you finance? And part of the reason is because it's such a high percentage of investors that own in that building that that building can no longer be financed. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to take a, we, we gotta Go take a break. Um, where are we going next? Well, we're going to continue talking about, you know, the things that you should know about condos, townhouses, and homeowner associations. All right. Well, we'll awesome. be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. My name is Sonny. I am sitting in for host Miss Shannon. I am joined this morning with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. And we are specifically talking about today... Homeowner associations, condos, (laughs) and townhouses. Okay, okay, cool. cool. Yeah, and um, we encourage all of our listeners to call us with any of your real estate questions. It doesn't have to be on this topic at all. Yeah. But if it is, even better. Um, And we also want you to go to our show page where we've got lots of great information posted. And be sure to check out our uh, things to consider when buying and selling guides for the spring 2019 market. Mm -hmm. Um, Those have got some really great information in it. And we can answer all of your questions here today. And the number is 651-641-1071. And so, Phil, we were talking uh, about we kind of got a little bit off key, but uh, somewhat on topic. And so let's talk a little bit about what is going on in the market and what folks should be considering right now coming into the spring? The market is, is still hot. Okay. Uh, housing prices are increasing. We're seeing buyers in multiple offers. And I, I did a little research here this morning. Okay. Regarding the housing market. Cause I wanted to maybe bring a little bit of, you know, the web to the present, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, economists, economists believe the U.S. Economy, economy is on the strongest roll ever. Some of the main factors contributing to this healthy economy are the return of high-paying jobs, new career opportunities, high employment, lower taxes, and hopefully sooner higher wages. It also goes on to say, when the economy is good, people want to buy homes. The strong economy and st- similar strong job market should increase the demand for home buyers. Mm. So. What? Why am I? Why am I talking about this? In the next two to three years, we're going to see housing prices continue to go up. And right now, based on it is the Twin Cities forecast, they're predicting it to outperform many other Midwestern metro areas due to average income growth and new households. Mm. So, what does that mean? That means to the consumer, we're probably looking at a three to five percent increase this year, another three to five percent increase the following year. So let's just take the average two hundred thousand dollar home and let's increase it by ten percent. That's two hundred and twenty thousand. Your mortgage payment has just gone up another hundred bucks. Yeah. Even even with interest rates staying flat. So you know, for those that are renting out there, those that are thinking about buying, those that are thinking about selling, now is a great time. Mm-hmm 
to do it. And let me talk a little bit to our people out there that are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to sell us a house, you know, you know, yammer on about the real estate market. But in all seriousness, when I bought my first house, it was like seven and a quarter percent, which was low. I was excited to get that rate. And if if you're renting and you're kind of not sure or maybe you don't quite qualify yet, let's talk about the possibility of you buying a duplex. Exactly. You know, a duplex is a wonderful way to get into the real estate market because you'll be buying on one side and living in that. And then the other side, somebody's basically paying for your pretty much at least half of your mortgage, if not more. We and, need to, and we need to a talk lot of people because I want to get a duplex. Okay. <laughs> I want to sell you a duplex. And, and guess what? A lot of people don't realize that with an FHA loan or a conventional loan, as long as you live in one of the units as your primary residence for one year, right? Well, for at least one year, mm-hmm. but when for qualifying purposes, if that other unit is rented out, you can use 75% of the rent received to help you qualify for your home loan. And even if the other unit is not rented out, you can get what's called a rental analysis done, which is done by the appraiser, and you can take 75% of the estimated rental income received for that. Mm. And you can add that to your income to help you qualify oh. for it is a duplex home. Okay. Exactly. Oh, wow. Um, and it's a great way to get started because you can live there. And let's just say that, you know, after several years, you think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of want to move someplace else, or maybe your job takes you someplace else. Well, then you're, you've got that much equity already built up. And you could rent your side out, move on and buy another property and use that as maybe have some equity in there and pull that out. And there you go. You've leveraged. Yep. And you, know, you know how you said now's the time to get started. What if you're someone who has like nothing, has nothing done and you want to get started? Well, will you have done enough in the time before the prices go up? Can you get enough done in that time? Because you said there's supposed to be a rise in housing because the economy is so good. So everything's going to go up. Is it enough time to get started now and to to, to <laughs> capture something that's good enough before the rises go up or yeah. with the increase? Well, the time to start is now for sure. Mm-hmm. And Phil, if somebody wants to start inquiring, the first place that I always uh, send folks is to our mortgage expert, Phil Olson. And Phil will get you qualified and tell you exactly what you need to bring in so he can look over your numbers and see exactly what you would qualify for. And then that sets the parameters of, you know, what type of property that we're right. able to search for. So what do people need if they're, you know, thinking that maybe they want to set up a consultation with you? It's just a phone call. Call me at 651-238-6748. Uh, we can talk over the phone. We can talk over the over basically email and text. But I would prefer, especially with first-time home buyers or for those that have lots of questions, I'd rather meet with them face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And, and it just comes back to the five Ps. I've mentioned it many times. Prior planning prevents a poor performance. Mm-hmm. I don't care when, you pl- when you're going to buy. I really don't. Okay. It could be a year from now. It could be two years from now. But us sitting down, planning, looking at the numbers, understanding what your short-term and long-term goals are, that allows us to put a plan of action into place. Okay. You know, the other thing is, is, you know, people come to me and you say, well, I'm a 640 credit score. Well, maybe in two months time, I can have you be at 700. Right. Maybe it's 740. What's the now, planning? Yeah. So the planning part also equates to you getting a better product, a lower interest rate, a lower mortgage payment. 
And guess what, Sonny? You're all about spending less money for Absolutely. house. Absolutely. Okay. Well, <laughs> so is everybody, you know? So the, the key here is, is I don't want people to think, oh my gosh, housing prices, uh, I'm going to wait. Yeah, you can go ahead and wait. And guess what? They're only going to get higher. Right. The right. biggest thing that for renters to think about, though, and what would terrify me, I mean, I, so I, I am, you know, I, my rent, my last rent, I, I think was like seven fifty, and that was for a three-bedroom townhouse in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, and I thought that was unbelievably high. And, you know, now I hear people renting three bedrooms for 1800 right. or higher. Yep. And I'd be like... What do you got to do to afford that? Right. And you have no control over what your landlord, it's all economics. It's right. supply and demand. And so the more people that need to rent, the higher the rents are going to go. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you the number of people that have called me here in just the last couple of months where they're going, my landlord's told me I have to be out of my house here in the next 30 days. He's putting it up for sale. Yeah. Wow. Because people know now's a good time to sell. I mean, right. how, I mean, how panicked are you when you've got no control right. over that? You've got no control over what you're going to pay. You've got no control over when you're going to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just the reality of it. It's horrible. And so if that is you and you're listening to that or, or if you know somebody who's going through that, it is worth a free consultation to try and figure it out. That's all, you know, that's absolutely the truth. If you've got questions, 651-641-1071. Okay. And so we're going to continue talking about the homeowner association. And so when you buy a townhome or a condo that's got an association, and most of them do, but some of them don't, um, there's what's called the, the homeowner's documents. And so you're going to have covenants, bylaws, restrictions, all sorts of things that you need to review. And when you place your offer, you have 10 days to review the homeowners association documents. And this is could be like several hundred pages. Ooh. It includes their budget, their portfolio, all of that information. And so it is really the buyers, it's in the buyer's hands to review that and make sure that they understand what they're reading. And the biggest things that you want to look for are what are the exclusions? Are there any grandfather clauses that are in place? Um, for instance, uh, maybe you aren't allowed to rent out there now. Mm. Or some people in there will be allowed to rent, but they've changed that policy and now they can't rent it anymore. Um, you want to make sure that you get a copy of that and you've got 10 days. That's it. You can get out of your purchase agreement for mm. any reason or no reason at all during that 10 days. Okay. We have to take a break right now, but where are we going next? We're going to continue talking about this. Yes. All right. Fabulous. Uh, Thank you for listening to the uh, Red Hot Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. You can check out our podcast at mytalk1071.com or on Podcast One or wherever you get your podcast. You can also call in with your questions. It does not have to be specific to what we're talking about today. Uh, It could be any real estate question, 651-641-1071. We have Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson, and we're talking about the market right now. We are. Mm -hmm. And um, we were just talking about duplexes, right? Correct. It's a great way to get into the market. And so um, if you have questions about that or any other real estate topic, give us a call. Um, So, Phil, we were talking about homeowners associations. And one of the things that I think that your underwriters and, and what people are wanting to look at is how much does the association keep in their reserves and how important is that? Well, it's, um, it's very important. I mean, the in order to finance a townhome or a condo, the association has to be, you know, financially sound. And as a part of the, 
you know, the questionnaire that we get, there's a lot of information that the associations have to produce. And as long as the association is in good, vibrant health, we can we can finance it. But think about it. If the association is upside down and all of a sudden there's a major claim or there's an accident to where the roofs need to be fixed, how do you do that if the association doesn't have the money? Do you know how they do it? They go back to all the people that are the owners in the association. Mm. And guess what they do? They, they, jack, assess. They, they assess and they jack up the uh, homeowners association fee. Mm, okay. Exactly. And yeah. I've seen it to where this has happened, where people have actually been forced out of their properties wow. because they can't afford it. Right, right. I mean, you can see some association dues that are, you know, upwards of eight, nine plus a month. Mm-hmm. And if it started out at like two fifty, yep. you know, that's a big swing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't handle that. Well, we have a caller on the line, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hello. Hey, Cindy. What's your question today? Um, The question I have is um, the um, association documents. Um, Would you suggest to have a lawyer look those over since it sounds like, you know, there's so many pages? I think that's an excellent question, Cindy, and it's something that I was planning on talking about. And so, yes, um, I think it's always a good idea if, if... something is very legalese for you to have a real estate attorney to review those for you, but that's going to be an extra out-of-pocket expense. Um, but but definitely something that a lot of folks should consider. Phil? The one thing I would tell you is if it's an extremely large association, you know, you've got 100 plus units, I would tell you you're probably a little bit in a better position than if it's a much smaller association. It's where the smaller associations I see people get into problems with versus the bigger ones, because the bigger ones have much bigger budgets. Mm. Does that make sense, Cindy? Are you thinking of, are you looking at some HOA documents going, what am I going to (laughs) do? No, uh, we're just getting ready to kind of, I'm in a town home right now and we will be getting out of it and moving into another one. But uh, when I bought mine, I, I, I just really look at the documents. But thank God I got a good uh, management company. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, if you're thinking yeah, of so. if you're thinking of selling that one you're in, we've got buyers. So give us a call. Okay. Right. <laughs> We'd love to be able to help right. you. Yeah. Thank you, Where, Cindy. Where's the buyers at? <laughs> the buyers are in our database, <laughs> swimming around <laughs> looking for you, Cindy. <laughs> is it? Is it is it possible that the realty companies that are like bro, like um, Remax is interested, and then they got these other places? Is it possible that other realtor companies would buy that place themselves? You know, anything is possible in this world. You know, as real estate agents, we are also oftentimes investors ourselves. So, you know, anything is possible. But we'd love to talk to you offline. Thank you. Cindy, could you leave your information with producer Ryan? Thanks, Cindy. Sure. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, great question. And if you got Mm -hmm. any question, it doesn't have to be specific to this topic, 651-641-1071. So we were talking about the budget. And one of the things that uh, I researched is their repair fund. And so the rule of of thumb that I came up with was zero to 10 years old building, you should have at least 10% of the cost to repair the major items in your uh, building fund. 
And now major items, things like roof, pool, tennis courts, the siding, things like that. If the building is 10 to 20 years old, there should be at least 25 to 30 percent of the cost repair and 20 plus years old, 50 percent of the cost to repair those major items in the in the budget. But, you know, to Cindy's point, is it a good idea to have a real estate attorney? If you don't understand what you're reading, of course, it would be a great idea. I, I anytime that we go down the legal route and there's questions mm-hmm. regarding a real estate or mortgage transaction and it it's really out of my scope, I will tell them that they should talk with a real estate lawyer to get further information. So, so you, you said you only have 10 days to look at this document that's like could be 700 pages long. There's no way to look at it beforehand? No, okay. you don't. And it, you make your offer, and it's always contingent on review of the Homeowners Association docket, documents. We have 10 days to look at those, mm. everything. And that's 10 days from the time that you receive all of the documents from the Homeowners Association. So if they just send you the rules and covenants, but they don't send you the budget, then it's whenever you get the whole packet that the 10-day clock starts. Okay. Okay. So 10 days is a long time, really, you know, to have to wait. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the time, if you see that, that things are selling in a mm-hmm. building, those you can have a, a fair comfort level, right, mm-hmm. Phil? I would that say things so. would be good. Yeah. Um, but you do need to pay attention to what's covered and what's not covered. Mm-hmm. And so um, does the does the association cover, you know, decks, windows, roof, siding, and paint? Mm-hmm. You know, some of those exterior things that you take for granted that a uh, condo or townhouse is going to take care of, mm-hmm. not necessarily do they take care of those things. Right. And so you could find yourself into a building and go, oh, no, they're going to assess now for a new roof. And mm-hmm. that's not covered. The homeowner is, is up for that. Right, Phil? Correct. So some of the other things you want to think about is like, what's the turnover in the building? Um, if there's a high turnover, then there could be a reason to that. Um, for owners of condos in two to four unit buildings, they usually stay for a medium, median of five years. And owners of condos in a building with five or more units usually stay for a median of four years. So if you're seeing things turn over a little faster, maybe there's an issue with uh, with the HOA board. You know, there could be lots of things. And so you might want to think about asking for copies of the minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I, I always talk to clients about is also, is there any pending lawsuits against the association? Mm. And that those types of situations can ap- absolutely be mortgage deal killers because it's very, very difficult to finance a property that's right. in litigation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know there was a property in Woodbury that a few years back that everybody wanted to get into this building, to this development. And, you know, we'd get in there and be like, oh, shoot, it's in litigation. And, you know, so then it was just cash. You know, you'd have to have all cash to be able to get into there. So if you're an all cash buyer, you can get a great deal if, if a development's in litigation. You maybe want to look for that. Then again, on the opposite side of the fence, if you're a homeowner and you're in litigation and you're forced to sell due to maybe a job relocation or whatever the case may be, you could end up losing a lot of money mm. by being in that type of situation. Exactly. So you do definitely want to pay attention, close attention to the profit and loss statement and to the budget and the reserves and that sort of thing when you get those documents. You also want to pay, at- pay attention to what's excluded. What are you not allowed to do? You know, you, you are living in an area where there's a lot of other people and especially in a condo. And so, you know, there may be noise 
ordinances where you're not allowed to do certain things. Pet restrictions. Pet restrictions. That's a big one. I have a lot of people that say, I want you to set me up on a search for a condo building. I've got one right now where at least two dogs are allowed. And so there's no way for the consumer to really look that up publicly. So we've got it on a a save search where I manage that myself. Mm -hmm. And I go in and look at this particular condo or townhouse and see, does it allow pets? How big? Is there a breed restriction? You know, a lot of folks will be like, yeah, we'll take dogs, only little ones, only 20 pounds or or less. Mm -hmm. How about the one level townhomes that people want? How difficult are they to find? Okay. Oh, sigh. Huge. That, that sigh scares me because we got to go to break. Huge, heavy sigh. <laughs> we'll talk about the one level living when we come back. <laughs> All right, you're listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson, and we're talking about the hot market right now. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. We have Phil Olson and Mimi Shoneman talking about how hot the market is right now. 651-641-1071. If you have a question, I'm asking all kinds of questions <laughs> about uh, uh, condos and townhomes and duplexes. It doesn't matter the question. 651-641-1071. So, Phil, you left us with, you almost gave me like a gut punch there, man. Uh, it's kind <laughs> you, of a heart attack like, moment I, I like, gave you there. <laughs> Would you say single family? Single family, one level. One level. Oh. Not single family, but townhome, condo, one level. Yes. Okay, so I'm just going to just going to say it is a diamond in the rough. And the more specific you are with where you need to be, the harder that diamond is to find. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that at minimum they start around 300,000. At minimum if you're lucky to find a one-level living townhouse, detached or attached. Would you agree? Oh, well, right now, right now what they're building out there, the new builders, they call them villas, okay? Detached townhouse. And, and, and some of them are slab on grade, meaning there's no basement, okay? Mm. And I'm seeing those prices are starting at 350 Yep. 350 to 600000 and, you know, for those folks that are, are, you know, saw the Wizard of Oz a lot growing up, you know, having a basement, you know, for when your house drops on you and no. that's nice having a basement. Minnesota has a few tornadoes every we have, now. I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where I'm from, there's a lot of tornadoes. I remember renting and having to hide underneath the stairs. Um, but every house I had had a basement. I'd be mm-hmm. happy to say mm-hmm. that. And so, yeah, I mean, those are things that you do want to think about. Um, we don't get a lot of tornadoes, but we do get some. Right. And with, you know, weather changing like it is, you never know. Right. Well, the only reason I brought the question up is is I currently represent a buyer, okay, and they want to buy a $220,000 townhome, one level. And I basically told my clients, we're looking for a needle in a haystack. So it, it really also comes back to expectations what are realistic expectations and what are unrealistic expectations well you know you know we have to keep everything real and sometimes when you're first starting out working with people the trust has not been up been built up yet and so they they don't necessarily believe you right off the mm-hmm, bat mm-hmm. if i said to you sonny you know sonny you, you know just keeping it real with you it's you know it's just not there so it, you just have to make sure that you know and trust your realtor all right, so we have we encourage everybody to call in 651-641-1071. We have Michael on the phone right now. Good morning, Michael. Welcome to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Thank you. So I was wondering, um, I am looking for a condo in downtown Minneapolis right now, and I've seen a lot of restrictions for um, when you own your condo, you're not able to rent it on 
something like Airbnb or uh, VRBO. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? And if I'm kind of looking for, again, like another needle in the haystack? That's a great question. And it's actually on our list to talk about. So thank you for bringing that up, Michael. You know, that is going to be something that you're going to see in the homeowner association documents, hopefully. Um, that's going to be clarified for you when you make an offer on it. But we can also ask the whatever listing broker has that, if they have that information, what the restrictions are on that particular building. And it could be, a, it, I'm sure it's a case-by-case basis on which, which building will allow it. Are you wanting to... Are, are, are you living there and then po- sometimes traveling and then want to rent it when you're gone or what's your story? Yeah. So I um, am looking to potentially buy several um, and use maybe one as a primary residence and then uh, do one or more as primarily Airbnb or VRBO rentals. Okay. Phil. Yeah. The, the one thing I would tell you is just understand on a primary residence financing wise, you're going to sign a document that specifically states that you're going to live in that property for a minimum of one year before you were to convert it to a rental property. So if if you're living in it and then you're you're living in it for at least 50% of the time and maybe you're renting it out every now and then, I don't foresee you running into that specific type of uh, mortgage dilemma. On the other properties, though, you'd have to do those as strictly investment property acquisitions because you can only retain one primary residence. Gotcha. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, Michael. Well, thanks, thank you, thanks, Michael. Michael. Would love to talk with you further. All right. We now have Lynn on the line. Good morning, Lynn. Welcome to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Hello. Hi, Hi Lynn. Lynn. Welcome Hi. to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Hi. Um, I just had a question. Um, I'm... Um, fairly recent widow, retired person, and I had a huge house that I sold, um, and just last May, I decided to try townhouse so I didn't have to deal with snow and mowing and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is, I'm, I'm really not happy with the rules and the way everything's going, and they've already raised the HOA, and I have only a certain amount that I can <clears throat> spend for a mortgage. So I'm just wondering how well, how smart or how long I should wait until I could maybe sell this, and maybe it would be smarter for me to buy a home. That's a great question. So if I can start by asking you, what sorts of things are going on that, that you're finding disagreeable there? Well, um, I, I'm not happy with the, with the snow removal and um, some just some of the, I guess, really a lot of the restrictions. I've, I've never had to deal with it, and I was warned about this. Um, so... Um, I think Linda would be a great. And, and I guess, I, my, I guess the only thing I guess I was worried about if I move into a house, then I'm responsible if the roof goes. At least I thought with this HOA, you know, this covers the roof and the siding. But they've already raised it. I haven't even been here a year, and they've raised it twelve dollars, and it makes me nervous because, you know, I, there's only so much I can afford for a mortgage, and I have, I think, a pretty good interest rate. It was like 4.37. Yeah. And that's what I worry about, too. If I sell, is the interest rate going to go higher? Yeah. So, 
You know, your questions are all so great. And what we can tell you is that we can look at your particular situation and tell you kind of how things have been appreciating and what sorts of single family homes you might be interested in. We could talk a little bit more about that offline. Um, okay. Phil, about interest rates. Interest rates are hanging pretty good right They're now. They're hanging pretty good right now. Right now on a 30-year fixed, we're sitting at about 4.5% right now. I would tell okay. you it would be a great opportunity for me to sit down with you, go through your numbers, do a micro net sheet. That would be, now Mimi would do a net sheet to actually how much you would walk away approximately from a sale of your property. But we can uh-huh. take and run those numbers and run them based on multiple different scenarios and at least show you what the opportunities you have right now versus staying where where you are. And it doesn't sound to me like you're very happy in your current situation. But at least we can present you the options so you, that way you can make an informed decision. Okay. Yeah, Sounds so great. We'll have Ryan get your information and uh, hang tight, Lynn. Thanks for the call. It was a great question. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, you know, that is the thing, right? You get into an association and you do the best due diligence that you can, but really you don't know until you live someplace. And that's just mm-hmm. the same way as, as buying in a, a regular single family home, moving into a neighborhood. Do you know what it's like to live where you live until you live there? Right. You right. don't. You can you can only do so much you know, legwork to try to figure that out. For some people, a condo situation, townhome situation is a good situation. For some people, it's not. And, and the thing is, is you have to understand in a townhome or a condo situation, you have far more restrictions against you, the consumer, and you have no say because it's controlled by an association and you have to live by those specific rules. Well, let's just talk a little bit about Michael's question about the Airbnb because mm-hmm. um, that's so popular right now and people use that as an income stream. But, you know, I know sometimes people think that ah, I can get away with it. You know, I'll buy that unit and, you know, they won't know mm-hmm. because, you know, who who's monitoring all of that? What would happen if somebody bought into a, a building and they tried to do that without getting it approved? You know, is could they be forced to sell that unit or what sorts of ramifications do you think could happen if somebody tried that and if, it wasn't approved? If the if the mortgage servicer, if you're asking me the question, I did a mortgage as a primary residence, and then I convert this to an Airbnb immediately, and I'm not living in the property. Sorry to say that's considered mortgage fraud. Okay, so what's living in a property mean? Let's just like, you know, I'm always trying to figure out, you know, I'm the person that will try to find the loophole. You know, that's who I am. And um, so I could see like, well, if you put your granny in there for, you know, how long? If granny lived in there for how many months out of a year, would it then be single family residence? Are you living there? Okay, so just the person on the mortgage has to live there. Yeah. I'm By not, what I'm percentage? I Well, Minnesota law says in order for it to be your primary residence and homestead it, you have to be in the property 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. So I would say that 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 specific rule would apply. Now, are your mortgage lenders calling somebody to check? Are you renting out the property? No, we're not doing that. But how does that specific claim or how does that specific action come about? The consumer falls behind on the mortgage and then they find out the mortgage servicer finds out that you're not living there. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's, that's once you start falling behind on a mortgage and they, they start digging. Why did, why did it fall behind? And now they find out that you've changed your 
all your mail is going to a different residence and you're you're no longer living there and that's where you can definitely be be in a lot of trouble right a lot of things a lot of times i get people that are looking for condos and townhouses they they don't know what they don't know to ask and so one of the questions that i get a lot is what can i put on my deck and everybody wants to have a grill, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's not allowed in the association. And a lot, a of, lot them, of them, a lot of them aren't, aren't. And sometimes you'll be forced to use a common grill, which you could be standing in line to put your, you know, hot dogs on in the summer. You know, so you need to think about those sorts of things. Can you start a small business in your townhouse or condo? Is that going to be a violation of of any of the rules and regs in the association? Um, how long can your guests stay? You know, for instance, they may have a guest suite where you can rent that out. Some mm-hmm. some buildings do, or, or even just having a certain number of guests in your place. They may have a, a rule that says, you know, you can only do that. What about people smoking or vaping? Um, sometimes you may have rules and regs that say that you can't do that in the building or even in your own unit or even on your own deck. You may have to go out to a common area outside and that might not fly with you in negative degree weather like right. this winter. Might not have been a whole lot of fun to vape out there in the four feet of snow. You'll see that very, very commonly on condos, and when we're talking high rise condos, you know, four stories, five stories. Uh, whereas you're not going to see that so much in, say, a townhome association because each unit, even though the units are attached to each other, they're not above each other. Exactly, and a little bit less risk for fire. So understandable. Mm-hmm. You know, are there going to be restrictions about your flags or signs and where are people going to park? So those are great things to consider. Phil, how do people get a hold of you? I work with Amic Home Loans, the elite team, Phil Olson, 651-238-6748. Now, you can always get a hold of me at www.callphilolson.com. And you can reach me at mnredhotrealestate.com. Make sure you check out the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot. Paying bills on time? Oh, yeah. Not maxing out credit cards? That's what I'm talking about. Learning what credit utilization is? Yes, give yourself credit. You can reach some pretty big goals like home ownership by taking small steps like those to build up your credit. Get started by leveling up your credit knowledge at FannieMae.com slash credit education. That's FannieMae.com slash credit education. Home ownership, here you come. Hey. 